Good morning, good evening, welcome to episode 43 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller in Long Beach, California, along with Ben Lindbergh in New York, New York. We are recording this late Sunday night after an eventful weekend. Ben, I sort of met Finn Scully this weekend. What did you do that was so friggin' special? Uh, I played tennis with BP alum Jeremy Greenhouse. Uh-huh. Uh... I watched Crazy Heart. Okay. <laughs> so, wasn't... Crazy Heart is the Jeff, Jeff, da- Jeff, Jeff Bridges, yes. Bridges one. Mm-hmm. There's another one that um, there's a movie that Robert Duvall made uh, like 25 years earlier that's very similar. That if you liked Crazy Heart, I would really recommend. It's in the similar vein, but I liked it quite a bit more. Are you going to tell me the name of it? I am. I'm looking it up <laughs> right now. Okay. Uh, do you have something you'd like to talk about, baseball? Oh, and uh, Robert Duvall is in Crazy Heart. Yes. Uh, ba- baseball-y? Do you have a baseball-y topic? Uh, I do, and it's going to make one of our fans slash commenters very angry, I think. Uh, okay. It is about the Cubs. It is about Anthony Rizzo specifically. And we had a comment from a commenter named Guido565. That is G-W-E-E. D-O-H. And he... he, Or she. Yes, or she. uh, Tabulated all of our topics from the first 42 episodes of Effectively Wild, which was very flattering. It reminded me of when Craig Robinson kept track of what Jason and Kevin drank on Up and In. Uh, It was the same sort of obsessiveness. And his finding was that we had talked about the Cubs three times already, but we had neglected the Reds since our very first episode when we talked about Aroldis Chapman. Uh, and he was a Reds fan and he was not happy. So we're going to talk about the Cubs for the fourth time now and continue to neglect the Reds. Well, my topic is the Reds. Oh, excellent. Now, did you cave to the pressure? Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> okay. I will do anything anybody says. <laughs> if, if you think I'm doing something wrong... Uh, and you tell me I will fix it and it really doesn't matter how insane you are I will fix it I will uh, I have no spine well I guess that's probably a good thing for the podcast because I was just going to antagonize him further mm-hmm. and now we have you to mollify him a bit let's do mine first okay I actually uh, am it's it's so in response to that comment that in fact <laughs> the the topic is that comment uh <laughs> He pointed out we haven't spoken about the Reds since the first show, and the Reds are a very good team. They have the second-best record in the National League. They're going to go to the playoffs. They might win the World Series uh, very soon. And I just wonder why you think it is that we haven't spoken about the Reds. What is it about this Reds team that has made them not topic-worthy, do you think? I guess, I don't know, the lack of stars? Not that... What do you mean they have Joey Votto? Yeah, but he's been on the DL for a couple months. Um, that's a that's a that's a thing you could talk about. Why didn't we talk about Joey Votto coming back? I don't know. Maybe we should. Um, Maybe we should. I don't know. Uh, I wrote the the Reds chapter for Baseball Prospectus 2010, and I was I praised them for their drafting and how they were building a winner and it was going to be sustainable and and they were going to be the class of the NL Central. And then they kind of didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, and that kind of took away from that momentum of what they were building. And now it seems that they are back with that same sort of core. 
older and better. Um, whatever happened last season, they have overcome and and been very good again this year. And I don't know why it is that we don't talk about them. Maybe because they've had a fairly comfortable lead most of the time that we've been podcasting. Uh, yeah, I think that um, the day that we started episode one, I think they were uh, 82% likely to make the playoffs and uh, quickly rose after that. There really hasn't been much of a narrative to the second half of their season. It has been uh, a pretty simple coast, I would say, and they're currently 11 or 12 games up, um, so there's not a whole lot of drama involved. So that's probably, I mean, I'm sure that's one reason. Yeah, and small sample size. There's 42 episodes. We talked about them once. They're 30 oh, yeah, yeah. It's not. I My theory is that it has to do with... Um, that we were nobody ever wants to talk about Bronson Arroyo <laughs> and it, it's hard I, I mean we could have we could have spoken about the Reds and just avoided Bronson Arroyo but you never know when Bronson Arroyo is gonna pop into the conversation when you talk about the Reds and it's uh it's a scary thing knowing that you might talk about Bronson Arroyo have you ever talked to a, a pitch fx expert about Bronson Arroyo it's like, no, tell me, tell me it's, what it's like because it—he's crazy. I mean, that yeah. I, I can't figure out anything about him. I remember talking to to Jeremy since Jeremy is on my mind. Uh, I talked to him about Bronson Arroyo once, and it was like, it was like talking to a veteran about some horrible campaign. <laughs> it was like classifying Bronson Arroyo's pitches is apparently. It's like running the gauntlet for a like FX analyst. Yeah, uh, the the tunnels in Vietnam. Yes, he uh, he throws many pitches and he throws them from all sorts of different angles and classifying them is apparently uh, the ultimate challenge for any guy looking to uh, make his chops with pitch FX. Well, somebody should do it this year because he is. Um, I mean, there's really it doesn't seem like there's that much different about him. Uh, from last year, I mean his uh, his his sort of his margins from year to year are so slim, and yet um, he can allow 40 more runs one year than the next without really anything tremendous changing. I mean he has a, a much better strikeout to walk ratio this year, but I mean it's like he struck out you know th- three tenths of a batter more per nine, and he's walked like four tenths of a batter fewer per nine because the numbers are pretty small for him. He just throws strikes and gives up home runs and hopes that he gives up fewer home runs mm-hmm. um his BABIP is actually higher this year so it's not even a matter of that it's just i mean last year he gave up 46 home runs and this year he's going to give up half as many and if you can figure out why that's happening and nothing else really about him is changing all that much um you can probably get a job somewhere mm-hmm. also if you can figure out his baseball reference sponsorship um which is from like a it looks to me like a gym equipment company and the um the the text though all the text is is a quote from the sun also rises Uh the quote is romero never made any contortions always it was straight and pure and natural in line romero had the old thing the holding of his purity of line through the maximum of exposure (laughs) and so do you think you know what that means uh I guess it's some sort of reference to his delivery. I'm trying to figure out what right. is straight and what is contorted. I mean, he the contortion could be his motion. Mm-hmm. The straight could be his fastball, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but the purity of line through the max 
of exposure. I don't know what that would be. Maybe so do you think the Reds are... Maybe the guy I meant mean, to sponsor J.C. Ramirez's page, and that's why... What? He meant to sponsor J.C. Ramirez's page, and that's uh, why it doesn't make sense. Um, uh, obviously, the answer to this is anything can happen in the postseason, but do you consider the Reds to be a, uh, a legit contender? Are they an elite team in the National League? Uh, I guess they don't... Yeah, actually, yes. I'm going to revise that, yes. Uh, I think so. They have a strong lineup, and their rotation... They don't have that strong. I mean, with Votto... It's a pretty weak lineup. Eh, It's a strong staff, so it's a pretty weak lineup. I kind of like the the Todd Frazier. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it takes for me. And the Ryan Ludwig surprise season. Uh Um, Yeah, I I like them in the playoffs. I don't love them they wouldn't be my favorite i guess but other than the nationals um they're up there i know the secret sauce has been basically um discredited or tossed out or whatever but do we still believe in the the value of a top flight bullpen because their bullpen is uh i don't know it's darn close to historically good uh i don't know I don't either, but it feels like we should. I mean, their bullpen. Is, I mean, they're they are not quite the Orioles, but they're outperforming their run differential by five this year, and um, their bullpen is about sixty some runs better than the median in the National League. So uh, that's without even getting into the the leverage factor. I mean, it it really is the sort of thing that harkens back to to nineteen ninety, and the staff is not, the staff is interesting because they don't they they are. Um, one of the lowest strikeout staffs in the National League, and they're also uh, the second lowest walks. And I don't really think about the Reds. I've always kind of thought about the Reds as being Bronson Arroyo and and some kind of wild fastball types, but I guess it hasn't really been that way for a couple years. And this year they really are um, almost like the Twins. I mean, they're not like the Twins. They're nothing like the Twins. They're... uh, Nobody's like the Twins, but um, it's not a staff that you generally think of as playing real well in October. Um, but the, uh, as far as the rotation, bullpen is great, and, yeah, and I guess rotation are most polar opposites. You're still thinking of them as the Edinson Volquez Ritz. I guess I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am. Anyway, Anthony Rizzo. Um, so Anthony Rizzo had a very big day yesterday. Uh, he hit two home runs. One of them was a grand slam. And he is now hitting 300, 352, 491. Uh, he has 14 home runs in 300 plate appearances. So he has been very good. Um, and Anthony Rizzo has kind of an interesting backstory uh, in that he struggled mightily uh, in his first call up to the majors. It was a short call-up, but it was 150 or so plate appearances last season. He hit 141 um, without a whole lot of other good stuff. And the worrisome part of it was, I guess, that some scouts or scouty types uh, expressed some concerns about his ability to hit fastballs uh, that are fast. Buster only said something that came from an anonymous evaluator that said, my concern for San Diego is that he is Hesop Choi. Any fastball that starts with a nine is a problem for him. And RJ Anderson wrote a blog post for us last July, kind of looking to see if this was true. And and it was true at the time. Uh, in a small sample, he had 
struggled very much against fastballs over 90 miles per hour. Uh, the league as a whole does a little worse on fastballs over 90 miles per hour, as you'd expect, but he did much worse, a uh, much bigger split. And so scouts were concerned about this, and uh, RJ also um, quoted a report that said, uh, one scout who has seen Rizzo throughout his career put it best by saying, I've seen him hit for average and I've seen him hit for power, but I'm left wondering if he can do both. Um, so he has done both in 300 plate appearances this year. And I looked at the, the fastball splits a little bit, and he is hitting perfectly well on fastballs over 90 miles per hour. Um, better, actually, than, than against slower fastballs. He's hitting 313-500 uh, average slugging against fastballs under 90 miles per hour. And above 90 miles per hour, he is hitting 342 with a 596 slug. Uh, although if you go to 95 miles per hour and over, it's not so good. Um, so he's had this kind of uh, this long route, I guess, for a 22-year-old at least, in that he was traded twice. And usually it seems to me it's not such a great sign if a, if a prospect is traded multiple times, really, this early in his career. Um, I remember reading some things about how many times Edwin Jackson has been traded before the age of 30 and how really no one who's been traded that many times uh, at that young an age has turned into anything special. Um, I think it's always some cause for concern if a, if a prospect is changing teams a couple times. Uh, do you think that the Cubs were, I mean, do you think it's a, a steal now in retrospect if you look at the trade uh, from this past January, which was uh, him to Chicago for Andrew Kashner with a couple other minor leaguers involved. Um, I mean, do you think obviously his value was low after that terrible first uh, introduction to the majors and now it looks like things have panned out? Do you have thoughts? I like, yeah, I like Kashner a lot too, though. I don't mm -hmm. think it, I wouldn't call it a steal um, right now. Mm -hmm. Um because there's a lot of story to be written. Um, I wonder, I don't know, I, I when, I, I guess the scouts' opinions matter more uh, to me, but the, um, I, I, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like there's a, a tendency when a guy is struggling to, uh, to break down the component parts of his game and point out the parts where he is struggling and say, uh, oh, look, this is the cause. He's not hitting inside pitches, therefore... He, that's what's making him be bad um, when I think it, it's uh, it's often just the case that he's struggling overall and that is one of the manifestations of his struggles and uh, so the fact that he wasn't hitting pitches over nine uh, or over 90 um, when he was doing poorly I mean I guess I don't know maybe the splits are more convincing than that um, but Bat speed is an interesting thing because bat speed is one of the – there are – we've talked about this before. There are skills that um, you're able to develop like maybe pitch recognition or the ability to throw a changeup. And then there are skills that you're essentially born with like running speed and arm strength. And I feel like bat speed is usually one that I think of more as the born with. And uh, it's when scouts are looking at 19 or 20-year-olds, bat speed is – sort of 
Uh, it seems to me that just about the most important thing they look for, other than maybe uh, body. And um, I think that's partly because you can't really – there's a mechanical aspect to it, but you can't really teach bat speed all that much. And um, so it would be interesting to, to if, if Anthony Rizzo has actually developed bat speed. Mm-hmm. My hunch is that um, – well, I don't know. My, my hunch. I don't know if it's my hunch. My guess is that the problems are probably overstated a bit and that the success he's had is probably um, – uh, I don't know. Still to be, still to be proven over a larger sample. That's interesting because a lot of times when a guy is struggling, uh, people say, "Well, look at why he's struggling or or how he's doing it." And if a scout says he sees a problem, uh, then people lend a lot of weight to that, and people think that the stats mean more if the scout sees something troublesome, which mm-hmm. is probably true. Um, but if bat speed can be a, a small sample thing just as much as a 141 average can be, uh, that's a little scary. Because then how will you ever know if a guy is going to have long-term troubles or not if bat speed is something that can come and go? Um, which it would, as you say, be kind of surprising if it were. That seems more like an innate thing that if you don't have it, you're in trouble. Uh, so yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, um, well, I suppose there's probably more to look at with Rizzo. I mean, it's always possible that he's cheating, that he's uh, that the that the 90s that he's facing now are um, not uh, the best pitchers throwing 90s. Maybe he's seeing more predictable 90s. I mean, I guess there's all sorts of ways that um, this couldn't that, that you could still consider this an open question. Um, I think that uh, I don't know. I was pretty high on Rizzo before this year and I'm pretty high on Rizzo right now um, but you know the demands on a first baseman offensively are much greater than even he has probably produced and uh, he'll still need to grow somewhat. Well Jed Hoyer was even higher on Rizzo than you were I assume. Traded for him twice. <laughs> yes uh, so that's working out well. Remember when Rizzo was hitting a million home runs in the minor leagues and Brian LaHare was hitting in the majors? Mm. Yeah. Remember when Adrian Gonzalez was traded twice before he was ever <laughs> yes. a good major? Yeah, uh, that's true. Brian LaHare, I almost forgot his name earlier when I planned to say something about Brian LaHare. He has what? hit something like 220 since the end of April with no power or anything. Um, you know who's really into Brian LaHare? No. Steph, uh, Steph B is really into Brian LaHare. Still? Yeah, really, really know him. <laughs> That's loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was interesting because he was off to such a hot start and people sort of bought into it a little, at least more than they do with the usual one-month wonder, I guess because he hit well last season in a small sample also. And I mean, he's got he played 114 games this year and he's got a pretty good line. So does the split between good and bad, is well, that more convincing than the overall line? Uh, I mean, he, I mean, he's got almost the same line Rizzo has. They're they're mm-hmm. almost the same. I mean, it, it's a little bit different distribution, but 348 OBP to 336 and 463 slugging to 447. Yeah. And LaHare's got just as many plate appearances, so... That is true. Hmm. Although I guess I'm reading day-old stats. You read more recent stats. Yeah. Earlier for Rizzo, but yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. 
it's it's weird how we split the season and yes you know, a lot of people ex- expected that the cubs would try to trade him after that extremely hot month and maybe, sure they they, maybe, yes, maybe they did yes i'm sure they did and i'm sure everyone said that's still brian lahare <laughs> yes Right. And it is still Brian Lahare. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will be Brian Lahare tomorrow as well when we record another podcast. Maybe we'll talk about him. Maybe we'll talk about the Cubs over and over <laughs> and over. And over. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, have a good day, and we'll be back. <laughs>